You're going to love this. Just love it. I promise. You will. You will love it. in the middle with you from Pacifica Radios, KPFK in Los Angeles. This is your broadcast, as heard on 90.7 FM in LA, 91.7 FM on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast, KYAQ, and coast to coast and around the globe via kpfk.org. On the Progressive Voices Channel, on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, other fine affiliates in parts unknown, and of course, Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you for joining us for another thrilling action-packed adventure i am here as uh, as ever with the desi doyan our producer hi desi how Hello. are you uh and uh, she will also be joining us in a little bit for the latest green news report with a lot of big news among the big news fox news has finally found a reason to give a damn about the environment. What? I know. Are you serious? Yes, I know. They have finally, <laughs> now they suddenly care. We will explain why in a bit. Also, uh, and this sort of counter uh, counterbalances that last piece of news, um, Islamic leaders are now calling on uh, Muslims to act on climate change. So now uh, Fox News is uh, going to have just another reason to hate uh, Muslims and <laughs> uh, and hate climate change and everything else. Uh, that and a, a lot of big news, actually, concerning Hillary Clinton. Uh, some uh, big news uh, concerning the month of July. We will get to all of that. Oh, yeah. A little bit later with Desi. Also, um, well, I was thinking uh, earlier this week, and uh, such as luck would have it, I, I was thinking earlier this week about uh, the Malaysian Airlines uh, plane, not the one that was uh, that disappeared. That not they... the one that CNN was wall to wall coverage over. Correct. Okay. The uh, the one that was shot down reportedly over the Ukraine just over one year ago. And I remember at the time it was so strange because, you know, at the time John Kerry came out uh, citing social media reports for his evidence that it was uh, that this uh, passenger plane, some 298 uh, passengers and crew, I believe, uh, were killed in this uh, horrible crash, citing social media to as his evidence that uh, Russian-backed separatists in eastern Eastern Ukraine were responsible for this, and that led to uh, you know all of the uh, Europe uh, putting placing sanctions on Russia, and what really has ignited a new Cold War between uh, the U.S. and Russia. And 
then the matter sort of disappeared. And now the fighting continues in, in Ukraine. And yet we don't hear virtually anything about it in the U.S. media. It's as if it doesn't exist. We heard for a couple of days uh, that uh, that these uh, rebels in eastern Ukraine were keeping investigators from getting to the crash site. Uh, but then the issue sort of went away. And nobody talks about it. And nobody talks about it. Uh, you don't hear Obama talking about it. You don't hear John Kerry talking about it. What really happened there? Why did we never get information from the black boxes? Why did... Well, I've been trying to make sense of this. And as luck would have it, Ray McGovern, a 27-year veteran of the CIA, the man who used to personally deliver the presidential daily briefs. Remember the remember during uh, George W. Bush right before 9-11, the PDB that said uh, bin, bin Laden, Laden determined right. to strike within the United States. Exactly. So uh, Ray McGovern, he didn't deliver that one because I believe he had resigned by then or retired from the CIA by then, but he had delivered... Those briefs, those presidential daily briefs directly to the president each morning, Ronald Reagan, George Bush Sr., uh, Bill Clinton, I believe. Um, he has been a, a great and outspoken activist for peace. He was uh, w went after uh, Don Rumsfeld uh, directly, famously was dragged out of the room at, at one point, uh, challenging Don Rumsfeld on uh, on weapons of mass destruction during the Iraq war. Um in any event, as luck would have it, he and his group, Veteran, Intelli Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, which includes folks like Dan Ellsberg, uh, Colleen Raleigh, a lot of folks we've had on this show, uh, have come out with a statement calling on the president to explain what happened with that flight, MH17, one year ago, and to uh, g give us their uh, intelligence, if they have any about what happened to that flight. Actually, a year ago they did that, right after the, the plane was shot down and they got no response. They're asking again. We will be speaking with Ray McGovern about that incident uh, in a little bit. Very, very excited about that. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Uh, very quickly then, some, uh, some quick news before we get to McGovern. Uh, Jimmy Carter... Former President Jimmy Carter now says, uh, as of today, he has melanoma that has spread to his liver and brain. But he's fighting it with a drug so promising that its approval was fast-tracked last year, according to NBC News. Carter, who is 90 years old, has already had his first infusion of the drug known as Keytruda. It harnesses the immune system to fight melanoma that has spread throughout the body. Carter also told reporters he would undergo targeted radiation to his brain. Uh, on Thursday afternoon, uh, he said, I'll be prepared for anything that comes. Cancer experts say that while Carter will never be cured, that this new drug has had startling effects in a few people and at the worst shouldn't make him too sick. Apparently, uh, one of the side effects this does not have is nausea. So uh, even at age 90, uh, they say, uh, you know, that he, he won't suffer side effects and he'll be able to continue his active life, they say, for now. Um, it's really a whole new class of therapy, says the former president. He added, I just thought I had a few weeks left. But I was surprisingly at ease. He said, I've had a wonderful life. I've had thousands of friends and I've had an exciting and adventurous and gratifying existence. 
Keytruda, which also has shown promise as a treatment for lung cancer, doesn't require hours of infusion, and doctors said Carter should be able to resume many of his activities. So uh, best of uh, wishes to him and his family. We could use a lot more Jimmy Carters out there. Um, Some quick presidential uh, news here. An overwhelming majority of Wisconsin voters are unhappy with Governor Scott Walker's decision to run for president, according to a brand new Marquette Law School poll that was released today. Nearly two-thirds of Wisconsin voters, 63%, say they did not like Walker's decision to run for president, according to the survey. In addition, the poll found Walker's support for his presidential run among GOP primary voters in Wisconsin. The Republican voters in Wisconsin who know him best his report has nosedived in the last few months. He still leads the other 16 Republican rivals, but the latest poll in Wisconsin showed he had uh, 25% support compared with 40%. 40% before he entered the race. So they supported him running for president until he actually ran for president. And they said, eh, you know, eh, not so much. Well, maybe it's because they really want him to stick around, sort of like what Chris Chris Christie Christie. said about his folks in New Jersey who really hate him. (laughs) They'd hate to lose him. Uh, Also in that same poll, uh, former neurosurgeon Dr. Ben Carson was the only other candidate uh, to poll in the double digits among primary voters with 13 percent up in Wisconsin. And by the way, that while I understood uh, Donald Trump from day one, Long before everyone else, it seems like, in the media understood it. I don't understand the Ben Carson thing at all. Maybe we'll have to get Digby on here and she'll explain it to you because I don't get it. Uh, He seems uh, I know he's a neurosurgeon, but to me, he seems dumb as dirt and has no clue uh, about being a president, has no clue about the Constitution, has no clue about the rule of law. He's just making it up as he goes along. And, of course, maybe that explains why he's so popular with Republicans. Uh, But I I just don't get it. Fifty seven percent of voters overall in this Marquette poll disapproved of how Scott Walker is handling his governorship, according to the survey. So the people that know Scott Walker best, 57 percent of them disapprove of his job as governor. Uh, Yeah. I guess he won't be president either. Uh, Well, look, it's going to be, you know, nominee Donald Trump at this point. Right. Well, if we're also, what, seven months out or six months out from the first vote. Yeah. Where the people actually get to say anything. We'll see what happens. A quick update on a story that we uh, we reported on yesterday in Maryland. The Republican governor out there, uh, Larry Hogan, Hogan, uh, his housing secretary, Kenneth C. Holt, Uh, came under fire over the weekend after he suggested they should uh, do away with uh, lead paint uh, regulations, requirements for a landlord to clean up red paint. He said because mothers uh, can give their uh, child a a, a lead fishing weight. They'll deliberately poison their children. Correct. In order to get free housing until the children turn 18. Now, Setting aside the idea that any mother would do that, setting aside there is even any evidence that any mother has ever done that, this guy, Larry uh, Kenneth Holt, is just wrong on the law. 
The law does not require the state of Maryland to give away uh, free housing to these people. It only requires them, to, landlords, to uh, give them housing until they can abate the, uh, the lead paint problem and replace the paint. So, and yet, he's the housing secretary. He is in charge of this sort of stuff for the state of Maryland, thanks to Maryland's Republican governor, Larry Hogan. So uh, he came under fire for that, and now a bunch of Democrats have been calling for this guy to be removed from office to resign. Yet Governor Larry Hogan, will, uh, his housing secretary, will stay in the job despite those calls for his ouster. Hogan, um, Hogan met, apparently, with uh, Holt and gave him a stern talking to, according to the Baltimore Sun, after his comments uh, last Friday. But... Hogan will not ask him to leave, according to uh, a spokesman for the governor, Doug Meyer. Governor Hogan met with Secretary Holt today and had a lengthy and very direct conversation about his unfortunate and inappropriate statements, said the spokesman. The governor expressed the disappointment and his disappointment and directed the secretary to continue reaching out to advocates, legislators, and the community as a whole to reassure them of his commitment to the safety and health of all Marylanders. But the government, the governor, gave Holt a vote of confidence. Uh, the spokesman said over the past seven months, Secretary Holt has proven himself to be a passionate and competent, competent public servant. And the governor remains confident that he can continue to effectively lead this department and serve the people out of our state. Despite the fact that when he was asked for any evidence ever, about a mother giving, uh, pr deliberately poisoning their child. Holt said, well, I got none, but some developers told me that that could happen. This is all a part of this, you know, this new thinking that these uh, government regulators are not there to regulate anybody. They are there to help. They're there to help the industry that they are supposed to be regulating. He was doing the landlord's bidding. He was doing the uh, developer's bidding when he passed on this particular bit of nonsense. Instead of keeping them honest, he's trying to help them out to help get them off the hook. Uh, the uh, statement uh, from the uh, governor's spokesperson came after 30 Democratic members of the House delegates called on Holt to resign because comments they called incredibly offensive and insensitive to the plight of mothers and children with lead poisoning. And they said it was particularly insensitive to African-Americans who have been disproportionately harmed by the devastating effects of lead paint poisoning. Uh, Holt did get some support, however, other than from the governor. Uh, Kathy Howard, who chairs the Legislative Committee of the Maryland Multi-Housing Association, which represents landlords... Said, quote, he's apologized, and I think we all need to move on and look beyond rhetoric and, and at the substance. Substance of what? I'm not entirely sure. Of a completely false statement? Uh, correct. Yes, let's move on beyond that. What is motivating him to discuss the issue, she said, is right on point. I know. I know. I, I have that same look on my face. I know. He's concerned, and I think many people are concerned about the need for affordable housing in the state. Howard said the association was disappointed that the issue of easing liability was off the table. Because, you understand, they're concerned 
about the issue of affordable housing. We can't offer affordable housing if you won't let us poison the children. Apparently so. Uh, just amazing. All right. Well, there's your update there. And uh, the, uh, the 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 liar will continue to serve uh, the state of Maryland. Congratulations, people of Maryland. All right. Uh, one more point before we get to the break. Last night at, I don't know, 2, 2.30 in the morning, I happened to wake up. And as I am wont, I grabbed my iPhone and checked the Twitters. Where, by the way, you can tweet me anytime, even at 2.30 in the morning. I am the Brad blog over there. Please follow along and uh, keep me up at night as you like. Uh, so I, I checked the Twitters, and uh, coming out of uh, North and South Korea, a volley back and forth of mortar fire ex- was being exchanged between the North and the South. The North, according to social media, the reports I was reading, and I follow some good reporters there, uh, the North, uh, North Korea apparently uh, sent one missile into South Korea, and South Korea then replied with, uh, quote, tens or dozens, and they went on to evacuate an area they were concerned might be uh, targeted by the North. I think there was only one that came, and of course it was reported that uh, North fired first on South Korea. That was all according to social media. That was Twitter. That is where sometimes people like me get information so we can look into it further. I, on the other hand, am not the Secretary of State of the United States, like John Kerry, who apparently also makes huge foreign policy decisions based on little more than social media. I guess when John Kerry wakes up in the middle of the night... And read something on Twitter that suggests uh, Russia has uh, shot down a, uh, a passenger plane over U- Ukraine. Apparently, that's enough for him to go on all the Sunday shows and say as much. Social media. You think he might have better sources than I do, but apparently not. And we will be talking about that next with my guest, Ray McGovern. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. All right. It has been, uh, boy, this is uh, quite a story. It has been just over a year since the uh, Malaysia Airlines Flight 17. The flight from, that's the other Malaysian Airlines flight that we, we don't hear quite as much about in the media. That was the passenger flight from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur 
which crashed on July 17, 2014, after reportedly being shot down, killed all 283 passengers and 15 crew members on board. The Boeing 777 lost contact about 30 miles from the Ukraine-Russian border and crashed near Torez in Donetsk Oblast, Ukraine, about 25 miles from the border with Russia. According to American and German intelligence reports since then, uh, the plane was shot down by pro-Russian insurgents amidst the war in eastern Ukraine. Uh, using a Buk surface-to-air missile fired from the territory, which pro-Russian separatists were said to have controlled at the time. Meanwhile, the Russian government has blamed the Ukrainian government for the shootdown. Uh, the Dutch Safety Board is currently leading an investigation into the incident. A final accident report is expected in, uh, in October of this year. Uh, but at the same time... Uh, a, a group of uh, intelligence professionals one year ago wrote a letter to the president asking for more information about the intelligence on that uh, on that supposed shootdown of the Malaysian uh, Airlines Flight 17, MH17. And uh, they received no answer, apparently, from the White House in their request for more information. Late last month, that group, Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, or VIPS, wrote another letter to the White House. Uh, that letter begins, It has been a year since the shootdown of Malaysia Airlines Flight 17 over Ukraine, resulting in the death of 298 passengers and crew. The initial response by the U.S. government supported the contention that the likely perpetrators were anti-government forces in southeastern Ukraine and that they were possibly aided directly by Moscow. On July 29, 2014, we veterans, Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, or VIPS, suggested that the United States government report publicly what intelligence it actually had relating to the shootdown, lest the incident turn into another paroxysm of blaming Russia without cause. We are still waiting for that report, these intelligence uh, professionals say. Well, uh, it has certainly turned into another paroxysm of blaming Russia. With or without cause is, uh, is currently unclear. And uh, I'll tell you, the report uh, about this and these concerns about this might otherwise be something that, uh, that I might ignore or not take seriously if it had not come from this particular group, veterans in, Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, which includes former intelligence officials and whistleblowers such as Daniel Ellsberg, Colleen Raleigh, Thomas Drake, John Kiriakou, Karen Kwiatowski, Colonel Anne Wright, and many others, many of whom we've had on this show, including Ray McGovern, a 27-year CIA analyst uh, during which uh, his years at the CIA, he served as chief of the Soviet foreign policy branch and prepared and personally delivered, personally delivered the CIA's presidential daily briefings each morning to George Bush Sr. and Ronald Reagan, among other presidents. And in 2013, January of 2013, he co-founded Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, Ray is also a contributor at ConsortiumNews.com, among other places, and his writings can also be found via RayMcGovern.com. 
Ray McGovern joins us now on the broadcast, and it has been uh, too many years, embarrassingly so, Ray, since we've had you on the show. So welcome back, sir, to the broadcast. I'm glad to be back, Brad. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Really glad to have you here because, uh, like I said, if this report and these concerns came from anybody else, uh, you know, I might not look at them. But you, Ray, I take very seriously. As a matter of fact, I think the last time I had you on, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'm mistaken or not, but weren't you being arrested uh, outside the White House along with uh, Dan Ellsberg and Colleen Rowley and other other folks uh, protesting for peace some years ago? Yes, we were. A Veterans for Peace demonstration, oh, five, six years ago, I think. Uh, yep. We have a nice photo on my website uh, yep. conveying that one. Yes, you do. All right. Um, so, Okay. I take you seriously when you come out with these concerns. Your letter to the White House is very troubling. And uh, the report you wrote at Consortium News this week, Propaganda, Intelligence, and MH17, uh, should also be taken notice of. uh, Because basically, if I understand what you're saying here, uh, there is theoretically intelligence about what happened, about the shoot down, about who actually did it, about how it actually happened, at least according to the U.S. government, at least according to John Kerry in the days after the shoot down. But that in the full year since it happened, uh, the American people, the public has seen pretty much none of the intelligence that the U.S. government claims to have. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, all that has been abu- has been adduced to Brad is uh, so-called social media, uh, which John Kerry immediately called "quote an extraordinary tool." End quote. So we're investing ninety billion dollars a year in U.S. intelligence, and when push comes to shove, we have to rely on social media. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, and- you know. It- and that, and that was the social media that uh, John Kerry, I guess, was referencing was uh, some folks on, I don't know if it's Twitter or Facebook, but who essentially took responsibility for that shoot down, who were said to have been part of the uh, uh, the pro-Russian separatists in eastern Ukraine. They said, yes, we shot down a plane. And then when it turned out that that plane was a, a, a civilian passenger plane, they removed those claims. Is that essentially the social media uh, that John Kerry was talking about at the time that they blamed, uh, essentially blamed Russia for this shootdown? Yeah, that's about as far as uh, as you can get in terms of uh, intelligence evidence. The evidence is uh, as sketchy as one could imagine. Um, the point here, Brad, is simply that uh, this was the prime target of U.S. surveillance at that point in time, the, that border between that part of the border between Ukraine and Russia, you can you can take it to the bank that uh, incredible collection resources, what we call national technical means, mm-hmm. were focused on that area, and the result is that uh, I'm 95 percent sure that many U.S. intelligence analysts know exactly what happened know exactly who shot down uh, that plane. Now, the reason that they've not uh, come forward or they've not signed on to what John Kerry has actually said um, is because they have these uh, these qualms about being sucked into falsifying intelligence again. 
what Kerry said was, uh, you know, the Russians or the pro-Russians or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, then usually what occurs is uh, the country is given something called a, quote, intelligence assessment, end quote. Well, Kerry couldn't get one of those from the intelligence community. What he, what he proposed or what he offered was a government assessment, which means it was written in the White House, which means it was a political document written by political hacks, and uh, that the intelligence analysts would not sign on to it. That's significant. This is a new genre of, of report to justify accusations against the Soviet Union or, or any Soviet Union, Russia, or anyone else, and it was used first by Kerry to accuse the Syrian government of perpetrating chemical attacks in Syria on the 22nd of August uh, 2013. So we have a new genre. It's not supported by the intelligence analysts, and that speaks volumes. So what we do have is uh, allegations that this was all Putin, Putin, Putin. It was all the Russians. And uh, that had consequences because at that specific point in time, the U.S. had just, actually the day before, day before, yeah. Yeah, instituted some really harsh economic sanctions on Russia, and we were leaning all over the Europeans to do the same. Well, after the shootdown and after the rush to judgment by John Kerry and blaming the Russians, it was a piece of cake. And within two weeks, the West Europeans and the East Europeans, for that matter, uh, came came forward and instituted significant sanctions against Russia sanctions that are still in place today. Now, both sides are suffering from those sanctions, not so much the United States, but the Russians, to be sure, and also the Europeans. So if it becomes known, <laughs> as I think it will inevitably become known, the Kerry rushed to judgment with nothing better than some social media, mm -hmm. and that the real, well, let, let's say it, you know, the, the real satellite photography, the imagery, the intercepted conversations, the, the, the people that we had in the various factions, if the reports really indicate that it was someone in the Ukrainian government or some rogue uh, oligarch there, mm -hmm. well, the, West, <laughs> the Europeans are going to have to figure out, well, wow, uh, it looks like we've been had again, huh? It looks like uh, Washington wants us to impose those sanctions, and so it kind of dressed up this information, and we've been had. And the economic damage to ties with Russia is considerable. So this is all very consequential. It's not sort of a debate as no. to who is right. It's really a detective story, and the evidence is available. And what we keep appealing to the White House to do is to tell us what else you have. What they say to us is, well, we don't know anything more than we knew five days after the shootdown. Well, that's just plain not credible. Well, and let me ask you, because you bring up a lot of points that raise a lot of questions, Ray McGovern. You, you are a 27-year CIA analyst. You personally delivered uh, the CIA's presidential daily briefings to a number of presidents each, uh, each morning. So you know, I would think, uh, what intel actually exists and are you suggesting that because uh, at the time john Kerry said oh we have uh you know evidence of the trajectory of this missile we know from where it was launched and so forth are you suggesting that we have the evidence but we are simply not revealing it and 
aside from the political, I mean, w- would there be intelligence reasons to not reveal it? In other words, you know, we have that evidence, but if we if we show this to the American people, it gives away our, uh, you know, our, our methods for tracking. Is there a legitimate reason for not mm-hmm. presenting this evidence that you say exists? That's a really good question, Brad. Uh, I answer it this way. Uh, on major, that is, consequential events like this, uh, the precedence or the precedence should be given to revealing the information. Now, there is actual precedent for this, mm-hmm. and I cite, for example, do you remember when La Belle Disco in Berlin was attacked and several U.S. soldiers were killed yeah. and wounded and it was traced to the Libyans? Yes, yes. Well, we knew that from an intercepted, encoded Libyan message. And on the strength of that, Ronald Reagan sent uh, several fighter bombers over Gaddafi's uh, palace, killed his granddaughter and several others, missed Gaddafi, but the world was outraged. He said, how do you know? How do you know it was the Libyans? And we we went to uh, President Reagan and said, you know, uh, we may have to... We may have to blow the, that source. And uh, he said, well, uh, let me, what's late a week? A week later he came back and he said, reveal the source. This is too important. And so we put out the message, the intercepted message. And so we lost that source. Now, that's not to say we didn't have others, okay, but we, mm-hmm. we, we sacrificed the sources and methods to show the world that, yeah, it was the Libyans, and this wasn't some sort of capricious move on the part of Ronald Reagan. Now, the same thing should be done here. Everyone knows we have all manner of sophisticated collection and intelligence collection facilities in the area and in space. Uh, whatever it is shown uh, should be shown to the world. Now, I don't believe that what Kerry cites there in terms of tra- trajectory and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I don't believe that supports his position in blaming the Russian. I'm, I'm 90% sure that if it did support his position, it would be uh, released from the, the rooftops and, uh, and said, mm-hmm. uh, people saying, well, see, we told you it was the Russians. Here's the interceptor. Here's the telemetry that shows that it was, for, it was launched by Russians or, quote, pro-Russian separatists. Uh, Brad, just a word on pro-Russian separatists. Yes. Uh, this is a mischievous misnomer, okay? <laughs> These folks don't want to be separate from the Ukraine. And the Russians wouldn't have them, and that was clear from the outset. Mm-hmm. What they are are anti-coup federalists. In okay. other words, yeah, they're of Russian heritage, but the reason that they're up in arms and rebelling is because the coup d'etat in, uh, in Kiev on the 22nd of February, where uh, a, uh, a president, Poroshenko, not Poroshenko, but uh, Yanukovych was, was, uh, was removed mm-hmm. in a coup, and a coup that George Friedman of Stratfor called uh, the most blatant coup in human history. <laughs> and why did he call it that? Well, Brad, you've heard the expression, the revolution will not be televised. Mm-hmm. Well, this coup was YouTubized two weeks before the coup. Right. When an intercepted message, you probably know this story, between uh, Victoria Nuland, the mm-hmm. Assistant Secretary of State for European Affairs, and the, our ambassador in Kiev, and Nuland is saying, you know, um, uh, Yats is our guy. Uh, he knows uh, the central bank. He knows mm-hmm. the austerity measures we need. He's the guy that we want. Put, let the other guys wait in the wings. Yats 
is the guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I wake up in the morning of February 23, 2013, turn the radio on, and there's been a coup in, uh, in mm -hmm. Kiev. And there's a new prime minister, and his name is Yats. Yes. Yats, I wrote an article immediately. Uh, the title is, Yikes! Right? <laughs> it's Yats! <laughs> so, you say, Ray McGovern, that uh, you have, obviously, questions about the entire matter. Do you have uh, actual evidence that, uh, I mean, we know about the, the, the coup, as you refer to it, but do you have evidence of who is actually responsible uh, for the shootdown of MH17, or are you simply questioning the official story as we, as we know it now? Are, have you had a, a, any conclusions? Have you come to any conclusions here? Yes, my conclusion is that it was other than what John Kerry said. <laughs> there is no good evidence that pro-Russian separatists, so-called, or the Russians themselves uh, shot down that plane. I am morally certain that were there to be such evidence, mm -hmm. uh, it would be bruised from the housetops as, uh, mm -hmm. Kerry, as proof that Kerry was right in, in accusing the Russians and uh, the uh, so-called rebels of this deed. So it's more inference it's more experience it's not the kind of uh, situation that an investigative reporter would relish uh, that is uh, having you know documentary evidence right. but the the evidence is, is just there's a preponderance of evidence there are all kinds of things that have not been investigated there are all kinds of weird things like uh, why were the black boxes given to the british i mean you know why the british <laughs> are there no other places they can look at the black boxes and, and what, me. what came of those black boxes, Ray? We've never, I, I, don't, I don't know, have we actually heard what was on those black boxes at this point? No, we just heard some preliminary indications that, well, we're, we're still looking at them. Well, you know, I hate to cite my Irish grandfather, but he took me aside one time and he said, Raymond, do you know why the sun never sets on the British Empire? And I said, oh, sure. Well, you don't know. Now sit down and I'll tell you. The sun never sets on the British Empire because the good Lord would never trust the British in the dark. Okay? <laughs> now, maybe I'm a little prejudiced. Yeah, you might be, uh, Ray. <laughs> I think I am. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't trust the British in the dark, and I certainly wouldn't trust them with black boxes that they have no reason having access to. So there's a lot of foolishness going on here. There's a lot of things that don't parse. There are innumerable questions that uh -huh. have not been answered. And so my conclusion is, yeah, they would be answered with, if the evidence showed that Kerry was right. And so I conclude in a sort of negative kind of way, and many people support my conclusion that the evidence is not being made available because it shows that Kerry was rushing to judgment, and this whole thing has to do with blackening Putin and the Russians and facilitating the imposition of economic sanctions against Russia. And if that was the gambit, it worked. It yeah. Like yeah, as you point out, it, it does appear to have worked like a charm if that was the gambit. Ray, is there any chance that you are both right and wrong? In other words, uh, is, it, is it possible that uh, you're right, Kerry does not have the, uh, the evidence to support the claims that, that he made and that uh, President Obama backed up uh, you know, and made as well? In the, uh, in the wake of the shootdown, that he doesn't have the evidence that he claimed to have, but 
that uh, the evidence, uh, well, that the, the facts are still that it was shot down by these uh, uh, pro-Russian insurgents in eastern Ukraine, that we just don't have the evidence to back it up? Or are you saying that if they did it, we would have the evidence from your experience in, in dealing with this sort of thing? I'm saying the latter, Brad. Uh, I know enough about our collection capabilities out that way, mm-hmm. and they've improved since my day. Um, we know. We had the evidence and we know exactly what happened. Uh, the reason why there could be no in- intelligence assessment mm-hmm. is because my former colleagues were honest enough to prevent that. They said, look, we don't want to sign on like our, our former colleagues did uh, in a, a fraudulent estimate saying Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. We don't think that the Russians or pro-Russians had the capability or the equipment or the motive to shoot this thing down. So don't say intelligence assessment. Say government assessment. Say whatever you like, but we dissociate ourselves from that. So my bottom line is we know, and the reason we won't tell the world, is because we wanted to black blacken the Russians, and this was the given priority. You know, uh, Brett, I, you know, I've been through this, okay? Yeah. Back in 83, when KAL-007 was shot down by the Russians, we had exactly the same kind of situation. Reagan was president, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as that plane was shot down, and that had, I think, 269 passengers on it, it was a civilian aircraft. It was over Soviet territory, well inside the Soviet Union, and it was shot down deliberately by a uh, Soviet pilot who was instructed to do so. Now, uh, that was parlayed into a mantra. Okay, it's almost like a... a like a a phrase or a stanza out of uh, the Iliad or the Odyssey in in dactylic hexometer. Here it is. The deliberate downing of a civilian passenger plane. The deliberate downing of a civilian passenger plane. Okay, guess what? It wasn't deliberate. And the intercepted conversation showed that the pilot thought he was uh, shooting a spy plane down and that when they found out it was a passenger plane, uh, they they were very, very upset. Mm-hmm. So w- what's the lesson here? Well, the lesson here is that the United States government wanted to play, in this case, uh, the Soviet leaders, um, now, of course, it's Putin, in the blackest possible light. That's what I think is going on here. I think the, uh, the evidence is enough for me to say this. Yeah. People should know it. I think Kerry was lying through his teeth. I think the evidence has come in since then, shows that he was lying through the teeth. And I think we'll eventually out, but no time soon, if the U.S. government has anything to say about it. And let me just, we have just a minute or two left, uh, Ray McGovern, and, and just to underscore that you are not some uh, anti-Obama, anti-John Kerry uh, crackpot. Uh, if people are not familiar with you and your work, they can go online, they can go on YouTube, they can look at you uh, being dragged out of the room while challenging Don Rumsfeld for lying about WMD. So you have uh, you know, held the, uh, you know, one of the loudest voices, frankly, holding the George W. Bush uh, White House accountable for manipulating the intelligence uh, to support the policy that they wanted in Iraq. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I just don't want people to get the idea that you're, you know, one of these right wingers that we see on Fox News all the time, uh, you know, coming up with anything to use against the administration. So in the end here, Ray, uh, 
if it was not, if it did not happen the way the uh, U.S. government has so far been coloring it, um, what did happen? Are, or or is, is that where your information sort of runs out and we begin to speculate? Is this a false flag that was specifically carried out by by the u.s in some fashion by u.s interests is this uh uh you know someone like you said you suggested rogue factions inside uh the ukrainian oligarchy what what do we know what are the possibilities and will we find out when this uh, report comes out from uh, uh, the uh, dutch authorities who are said to be investigating this this october in 2015 uh, last question first. No, okay. we won't find out from the Dutch. Uh, for some reason, the Belgians and the Australians and, and the Ukrainians, you know, the Ukrainians themselves are in on this investigation. Um, and there's, there's a secret agreement among them that no information is to come out unless all the participants agree beforehand. So that smells to high heaven as well. So the Dutch report is not going to tell us all the answers. Um, I don't know what happened to the black boxes, whether the British lost them or they just sent them off to Western Ireland or, or what. Um, but uh, the situation is consequential because it's, it was the main thing that happened in July of 2013, which really, really, uh, I'm sorry, 2014, Fourteen, just last yeah, yeah. year, yeah, um, that really uh, set the, uh, the tension a-boiling and... Uh, what bothers me and others is that the people in control here in Washington have this incredibly blasé attitude toward uh, toward the, the Russian interests in Ukraine. They talk about, well, it's their you know their backyard. It's not their backyard; it's their front yard, Brad. <laughs> it's where Napoleon's, where Hitler was. Where everybody comes into Russia through their front yard, okay? Right. And when there was a coup on the 22nd of February, it was extremely to be expected that the Russians would say, ooh, now this new government has already said they want to join NATO. They've already banned or tried to ban Russia, Russian as a uh, official language. We better figure out what we're going to do about Crimea, because there is our only warm water naval port, and we've got to make sure that, that nothing happens to that. So uh, when, when the U.S. and Western media start the story, with Crimea, aha, you know, Putin seized Crimea. Um, you know, that's that's the third inning. The first inning is the coup. The second is this very artful running of a plebiscite there in Ukraine and having having the results show that most people wanted to be annexed to Russia. And the third inning is the very, very clever uh, operation that had these little green men, yep. uh, these so what the Russians called Yezhlyvoyedi, polite people, uh, seized the uh, uh, the Ukrainian uh, uh, you know, places of government in in uh, in Crimea in such a way that there was no no bloodshed. It was the most incredible thing. So, so you know, bottom line here is that there's absolutely no evidence, not a scintilla of evidence that it ever entered Putin or anybody else's head in the Kremlin to seize or to annex or to have a plebiscite in Crimea before the 22nd mm. of February 2014, when there was a coup inspired by the United States and others and uh, all kinds of uh, investment by the national 
Endowment for Democracy, yeah. uh, Victoria Newland says $5 billion, B with, billion with a B, all right, uh, toward Ukrainian, quote, aspirations to join the West, end quote. So if I were Putin, I would have done exactly the same thing, the more so since most people in the Crimea wanted to be annexed by, by Russia as well. Well, they, uh, do they, I, they did, and, and that was clear, by the way, because, you know, at the time, and we covered it on this uh, program, there were all these claims in the Western media that, uh, you know, Putin was stealing this election in Crimea, and I went through every single piece of evidence that was made available by the uh, by the media, by the people who were claiming that that election was, was stolen by Putin, uh, and found absolutely no evidence, and found, uh, in fact, I found quite the opposite, that the election was far more transparent than our own elections in this country. But you're right, Ray McGovern, that so much has happened, uh, you know, since uh, the coup in uh, in Ukraine and the way these two uh, superpowers, the U.S. and uh, Russia, the relationship has absolutely devolved ever since. It's a very dangerous situation, and it troubles me that in the year since this was shot down and, uh, you know, since the fingers were pointed at Russia, you have heard almost nothing about this. In the corporate media, it's like they made the claim and then the entire thing went away and we haven't been talking about it ever since. But this dangerous relationship has just gotten worse and worse as things have gone forward. Ray, I, I got to get out here, but uh, I'm really glad to, to catch up with you on this a little bit. And uh, let's do this uh, more frequently instead of every four or five years uh, in the future, because there, there's just not enough people talking about what's going on and trying at least uh, to make sense out of this intelligence rabbit hole that I, I think we're now uh, down in, in Ukraine and with Russia and so forth. Right, Brad. And, and a final word here. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're nice to point out that I'm a nonpartisan skunk picnic. Okay. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> we're trying to hold people accountable. We're trying to spread some truth around. It's really hard in the often what they call the mainstream media that's why I uh, agree so readily to talk to you or to anyone else that will help to enlighten American people as to what's really going on in the world. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, check out uh, Ray's article at Consortium News, Propaganda, Intelligence, and MH17. That's at ConsortiumNews.com. And check out the, uh, the, the letter that was sent uh, just late last month to the president from the veterans intellig veteran intelligence professionals for sanity over at raymcgovern.com. Great talking with you, Ray. Thanks, Brad. Bye Thank now. you, sir. Okay, running late as usual, so a quick break, and we are back with Desi Doyen and the Green News Report here on your broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Melting for Desi Doyen and the Green News Report coming up momentarily. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. My thanks to Ray McGovern uh, for a fantastic interview. If you I missed, know. Yeah, if you missed any portion of it, you can download it uh, later on tonight at bradblog.com or over at iTunes or any of our uh, great affiliates, etc. Um, boy, I love having him on. Uh, always troubles me and makes me think. So that's a good thing. Uh, okay, Desi Doyen, one quick point before we get to our latest Green News report. Our most recent one, you undersold 
a point uh, that July was the hottest. July 2015 was the hottest July ever on record. That's right. And and not to, you know, it, it is true. It was the hottest July ever recorded. Correct, However, but, yes, but <laughs> there's more. It was also the hottest month anytime, anywhere ever recorded in the history of Earth. For the planet, yes. Yeah. So yeah. you undersold it. It wasn't just a hot July. It was a hot, hot month for everybody. So everyone who calls you an alarmist, uh, you're not nearly alarmist enough apparently <laughs> let's see if you can make up for it today in our latest green news report democratic presidential frontrunner hillary clinton today made a big break with the obama administration hillary clinton draws a bright green line around arctic drilling epa tells oil and gas industry to cut the methane oh you made a joke islamic leaders call on muslims worldwide to act on climate change plus Water contamination in America's rivers and streams is creating intersex fish. All of that intersex and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Did you see the explosions in China? It was so big it made the night sky look like day. And I tell you, in China, between the explosions making the night look like day and the pollution making the day look like night, it's a wonder these people get to sleep at all. I I know the feeling. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, uh, some good news first. Fox News is finally concerned about the environment. Oh, they are? Yes, they are. Uh, Well, it took an EPA contractor screwing up, as we've talked about, spilling this toxic yellow goo into the river up in Colorado as they were trying to clean up a gold mine. But now, all of a sudden, since the EPA is responsible, now all of a sudden, Fox News cares about the environment. And now this heavy metal is destroying hundreds of millions, probably billions of dollars worth of property. There's lead and arsenic and all sorts of bad <laughs> stuff going down correct. the river. The land will never be returned to its uh, its pristine estate. Can you believe that? <laughs> wow. Now they're worried about lead and arsenic and the land being returned to pristine. Unbelievable. I guess that's what it takes for them to give a damn at Fox News. First time for everything. What do you got for us today? 2016 Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton drew a bright green line around Arctic drilling this week, breaking with the Obama administration's decision to permit oil giant Shell to drill for offshore oil in the fragile, pristine Arctic. In a tweet, Clinton said, quote, The Arctic is a unique treasure. Given what we know, it's not worth the risk of drilling. She went further at a campaign event in Las Vegas. I think the very grave difficulties that Shell encountered the last time they tried to do that should be a red flag for anybody. And I think we should not risk uh, the potential catastrophes that could uh, come about from accidents um, in looking for more oil in one of the few remaining pristine regions of the world. Well, good for her. Clinton did focus on the damage from oil spills. Scientists say that to avoid catastrophic global warming, two-thirds of the world's remaining fossil fuels must stay in the ground, and that includes the Arctic's oil. 
Meanwhile, the Obama administration's Environmental Protection Agency made another big move to cut greenhouse gas emissions this week. Did they spill something? They did not. Oh, never mind Fox News. You don't need to listen to this story. (laughs) The EPA proposed the first ever standards to reduce methane emissions from the oil and gas sector by more than 40 percent off of 2012 levels within the next 10 years. Now, this is a big deal. Methane is a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide on short timescales, and the oil and gas industry is one of the nation's biggest sources of methane emissions. Now, the industry opposes these new rules, saying that they're already cutting methane emissions, and they say the proposed rules are unnecessary and too costly. And Fox News agrees. A new report from the U.S. Geological Survey has found bee-killing pesticides in the nation's waterways. More than half of the streams that were studied were contaminated with neonicotinoid pesticides, first introduced 10 years ago, and they have been implicated in the decline of bees across the U.S. Is Fox News carrying the story about our rivers and streams being poisoned? No. Imagine that. Another study found intersex fish in North Carolina. Researchers from North Carolina State University found male black bass and some species of sunfish in North Carolina rivers had eggs in their testes. The researchers say the likely sources are feedlots, industrial pollutants, and pesticides that act like estrogens, and they're all legally dumped in North Carolina water. Last month, Pope Francis issued his landmark encyclical calling on the world's one billion Catholics to act on climate change. Now, a group of Islamic religious leaders have issued the Islamic Climate Declaration. The declaration states that the world's 1.6 billion Muslims have a religious duty to fight climate change, and they urge wealthy nations to lead by recognizing their, quote, moral obligation to reduce consumption so that the poor may benefit from what is left of the Earth's non-renewable resources. Wow, now Republicans are really going to hate Muslims. But Pope Francis is upping the ante. He declared that every year from now on, September 1st will be a day of prayer for creation. Literally, an annual day of prayer to promote the care of the planet. Pope Francis is going to be the first pope to address a joint session of Congress next month, and he'll call on Republicans to act on climate change. Keep calling, Pope. Nobody's home. For much more on those stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Call me. Call me, Pope. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi. Do- how do we fit in so much news in uh, just under an hour? I don't know how we do it. Anyway, thank you, Desi Toy, and our producer. Thanks to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn. And to my guest today, Ray McGovern of Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity. More uh, from him at raymcgovern.com. We'll be back with you next time. Until then... Download all of our shows as you like at bradblog.com or over at iTunes, where we hope you will give us a good review. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters. I am the Brad Blog over there on social media. And you can drop me email anytime at bradcast at bradblog.com. Bradcast at bradblog.com. All right, we'll see you next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. You're going to need it. <laughs>